0: Coming up today on The Courier Daily, the supply chain of an organic tampon and digital fashion mood boards.
1: The world is such an uncertain place at the moment, which means we are changing everything that we do in terms of the pricing and the offering. So that is kind of the big thing for us. It's a big shift in the product, which means there's a lot more focus on new products and turning them out really quickly. That kind of mentality
2: of this is how we've always done it just doesn't work anymore because what's happened in the past is absolutely not going to help us navigate out of everything that's happening right now so experimentation and trialing out new and being open to new tools is really really important
0: i'm daniel giacopelli it's the 6th of may and this is the courier daily since march here on the show we've been calling small business owners all over the world to find out how they're adapting to the new normal we've all found ourselves in Well, today we're going to hear how one brand has managed to actually grow her company since the crisis kicked off. On the line now is Leah remfrey Peplo. She's the co-founder of On, a direct-to-consumer brand that ships its organic, biodegradable, natural tampons straight to your door. And Leah, I know you and your co-founder Nikki have seen a huge jump in demand for your products in recent weeks. You've also had some supply chain snafus and some packaging delays. You also seem incredibly busy right now. How's it all going just on a personal level?
1: I cannot remember the last time I had a full night's sleep, like genuinely full night's sleep. I'm trying to exercise as much as I can. Got up, good intentions to go for a run first thing this morning, open my laptop, like answer a couple of emails, it's the biggest mistake ever, always. Still sat here in my workout gear. I have also given up alcohol during this time. It was just like, there was too much stress, too much going on. So stop drinking. It's killing me after stressful board meetings, like the one I just got off, Desperately, all I want is like take a quick cheeky shot of whiskey. Um, But no, no drinking. uh, A few sleepless nights. Coping okay, though. Kind of definitely managing to stay strong and super positive. I'm a blind optimist through and through. So there's kind of always looking for the good stuff.
0: And last month in March, I know your sales have gone, I don't know, is through the roof the appropriate analogy? I mean, you've had really strong sales last month.
1: Yes, we have had through the roof sales. It's been really bizarre for us because there's been kind of a load of hurdles to get passed off the back of that. But simultaneously, I mean, yeah, sales have been at an absolute all time high. Definitely hurdles though. Those hurdles, I mean, operationally a nightmare.
0: Is the obvious reason for sales going through the roof, I suppose, because all of the pharmacies and, you know, boots and all those places are closed, right? I don't want to downplay the fact that you guys have an amazing brand and people naturally come to you. But I mean, particularly in the past four weeks, does that explain the rise?
1: It really does. So we had an initial real spike when um, people were stockpiling. And stockpiling tampons, all of a sudden people are scared that they're going to get multiple periods through their cycle. We were getting customers email us going, are you going to run out of products? We're like, no, nobody is running out of period products. Like, we still got you. But we definitely saw a real spike then. And then people just not wanting to leave home or kind of join the queue. So definitely kind of it's the limiting kind of ability or limited ability to get to the stores and on occasion still stores not having the products that people want.
0: And why wouldn't you run out of product, though? Your suppliers have an adequate number of, you know, the materials that you use to make the product?
1: Yes. I mean, I think one of the issues, obviously, kind of the main stores are selling out of products or were selling out of products when there was a spike in demand. Now, our product is all organic, all biodegradable, all natural, comes from different factories. Typically, you can't find organic products in supermarkets, which means that we're not having a problem. And the e-com companies that maybe are selling organic, whether they're using the same manufacturers or not, they might be seeing slight spikes but kind of not enough to mean the manufacturer is going to sell out of tampons that being said shipping has become a nightmare so we had our last order arrive two weeks ago so all our manufacturers are based in Europe we had orders arrive and we open it up the warehouse opened up these huge huge orders all boxed out with our, kind of on name, all of the logos all there, open the boxes, and there are millions, I'm not, not over-exaggerating, millions of cotton buds, okay? There's no tampons, zero tampons. We have millions of cotton buds being delivered. And we start trying to track them down, what's gone wrong. Turns out all of our products were somewhere, I think they went from like, Spain to Austria to Poland, still in the middle of nowhere. We're waiting on that delivery still.
0: I mean, what kind of, what are we talking about? Like thousands upon thousands of pounds worth of tampons are stuck in like Poland?
1: Yeah, I think it was about 400,000 tampons are stuck in Poland right now. So we've had to do an emergency order, actually like going to leave that one where it is for the minute until we can get it shipped to us.
0: So was there a disruption in service to people who ordered any
1: Uh, For us, no, not yet. We kind of had adequate supply. We've gotten to the point, though, that this week there is next-day delivery courier coming from Spain.
0: What about packaging delays? Have you experienced any of that?
1: Yes, definitely. In fact, our current manufacturer couldn't create the boxes there's too much of a demand they normally have kind of a three four week lead time which is super speedy for us and it means that we can place those last minute orders keep cash strong we found that they were up to like eight nine weeks lead time so we actually had to use different manufacturers annoyingly we had to get all of our packaging made in china and then shipped over which at the moment i don't know if you're familiar with the the shipping prices kind of from china are through the roof
0: What about paid advertising? I mean, we were just talking with Freddie from Patch, the houseplant company, and I was asking, are you just dumping loads of money into Instagram ads? Are you guys spending just a lot more on Instagram and Facebook ads?
1: We are, but only because it's cheap. So it's super, super cheap right now. CPMs are kind of really, really low. So it's a really great time to push. Yes, we are, but we are trying to limit it as much as we can. So we try to have kind of as many offline points as we possibly can. But that being said, yes, things are cheap right now. Social paid is really, really cheap. So it makes sense for us to make the most of it because inevitably those are going to start rising again in the next few months.
0: What have you done structurally different with the company right now? Have you brought on maybe some more people? Have you furloughed some people? Have you? Did you have an office that you might not now have?
1: What's changed? We had co-working space, which we no longer have. So that was the first thing to go, obviously. Everyone's working from home. We are hiring at the moment. So we are hiring three people right now. So if you know any amazing designers, finance analysts, or marketing leads, then send them our way. So we are hiring right now. We're a startup, everything's on subscription. Our payback period is about three months at the moment. The world is such an uncertain place at the moment. We actually want to get um, gross margin positive in box one, which means we are changing everything that we do in terms of the pricing and the offering. So that is kind of the big thing for us. It's a big shift in the product, which means there's a lot more focus on new products and churning them out really quickly. And also having kind of starter kits and um, various other bits and bobs to make sure that we're gross margin positive that has meant that kind of we need more resources in-house so kind of a designer another designer to help um, with various bits and bobs marketing lead because i do all the marketing at the moment so i'm going to move away from marketing and dive more into product and then a finance analyst kind of finance operation analyst because everything is a bit of a nightmare right now and we are scaling super quickly however word, it's so two-sided like you want to say you hope this lasts but obviously we really don't hope this lasts but in terms of sales it's great if it lasts so they were roles that we had anticipated hiring anyway, maybe just not quite so quickly.
0: And do you think, I mean, this is a question I asked Amy Errett, the founder of Madison Reed, that hair dye company the other day sales for her have gone up 10x just because women can't go to the salon they're doing it at home now but you know will that be sustained once things go back to quote-unquote normal and how do you prepare for that i mean people are stockpiling tampons now but do you think that you'll bring them into your world and your brand strongly enough so that they'll stay with you for the long term
1: the way that our platform works, people actually physically can't stockpile tampons because we say that we will deliver once a month in time for your period or however often a period is. So it might be that you get a period every three weeks, every five weeks, whatever that looks like. So you can't actually physically stockpile. So at the moment, we are really nailing down that onboarding process to make sure that our customers are really bought into the brand, to make sure that everyone that we've kind of gained through this like hideous experience will stay around. I anticipate also that there will be a kind of much higher shift in people that are more reliant on e-com companies and ideally subscription companies too. I think there's been a lot of kind of the change in consumer habits and shopping habits that hopefully that's kind of here to stick around.
0: Well, a lot of subscription companies were going through some problems in, in like the last year or two, from my perspective at least. A lot of people thought the economics wouldn't really work out. But actually, do you think that might come back now because of what's been happening and the rise of e-commerce now again?
1: No, because I think that a lot of the economics of subscription companies fundamentally don't work. Kind of typically you look at the kind of the booming subscription startups and they've just been backed with such heavy kind of huge amounts of capital. You see these other smaller subscription companies who are thriving and doing incredible things without having the, the vast amount of capital. And it is typically the payback period is such a long time. that You need the capital to scale. I think that there is hopefully, and it's something that we're doing, is shifting that attitude to make sure that you're kind of you're aiming for profitability, essentially, you're not aiming just kind of for scale and exit, you're aiming for profitability. And hopefully that there is that shift for more companies to make sure that kind of safeguard themselves in that sense.
0: What about raising money? Are you guys actively in that right now? What's your kind of cash runway look like?
1: So we were raising. We were actually much raising a significantly larger round just before kind of COVID really, really hit. It hit and we realized that actually we needed to scale back, raise a smaller amount just to get us through. But also typically larger rounds take slightly longer to raise. We needed kind of a smaller bridge amount to not only get us through, but to also make the most of this situation that we're seeing. So we're just closing it up now. I kind of I was saying that I've just come off the back of a a board meeting which there was serious debates on valuation and Getting us through is this kind of survival mode times, or are we kind of scaling up times? And what's the next round going to look like? A lot of drama right now with the fundraising, and I'm not going to lie, kind of even the bridge round, it's been hard. There's a lot of angels who had committed, who kind of are still there, but the check sizes are a lot smaller. So it has been hard. Um, my co-founder heads up all of our investment, which so I'm very, very thankful that I don't have to do too much there. Um, it is a serious challenge, and it's also kind of definitely risky. So we're closing up this bridge round, and then aiming to, to raise again towards the end of the year but the uncertainty on what the market looks like what the environment will be is definitely nerve-wracking um, because we will need to be raising a much bigger round then too
0: right you need enough to survive but i guess the question is how much do you really raise do you raise more than you need to save for a rainy day or do you keep things really lean and don't bite off more than you can chew i guess
1: so we always raise more than we need we are always kind of in the mode of safeguarding just in case and especially now so it's definitely kind of there's this bridge round but actually let's push it by a few hundred k to make sure that we have that extra kind of cushion money just in case things take a little bit longer than the next time around but obviously it means dilution you get affected by the dilution raising a smaller bridge round now means that our valuation got hit a little bit harder than would have been ideal but it's all the fun and games isn't it we'll get there eventually (laughs)
0: Next up, we're talking fashion and how fashion brands and manufacturers are managing to do product development in an online-only age. Well, they might be turning to Supply Compass. It's a cloud-based software tool that's trying to digitize supply chains and sourcing. The company was co-founded by Flora Davidson, who runs a team between the UK and India. I caught up with Flora just a bit earlier today.
2: So yeah, our team is about 20, we're about 20 of us and we are based in London usually and Mumbai and Hyderabad. And actually the origins of our business, me and my business partner were living in India and spent most of the time inside factories. So we were remote from the very beginning. So I think that we're used to people being all over the place and we've kind of got our work set up to work for that. So we obviously have been using tools like Slack, Zoom, lots of project management software since the start but I still think that you know there's new challenges that get brought up around kind of efficiency around communication and things like that so it's still it's very different all being at home 100% of the time and I think for instance our team in India and Hyderabad the internet's awful a lot of them are having to buy internet packages they're not allowed out so it really depends where you are in the world uh, how easy it is to adapt.
0: And also, I mean, every country has their own guidance on lockdown procedures basically as well, right? India is a completely different space right now than certainly London is.
2: It's a lot stricter. So you're only allowed out for essentials between a certain time. It's easy to think about your lockdown situation and think this is how everyone's experiencing it. But it's very, very different.
0: You guys focus on the fashion industry, obviously. I mean, according to most reports, people are not buying a lot of clothes right now. Is that true or not?
2: It's an interesting one because yes, in some areas, it really depends on your product category. Some brands we work with have had bumper last two months and have seen their sales go up. I think really from a category perspective, obviously loungewear is doing well, people can't buy enough t-shirts, but when it goes to like going out wear accessories, that's not selling. So I think it really depends on your category.
0: There's been a huge shift to operating online in most industries right now. I mean, the fashion industry I assume is the same. You know, we caught up last week with the co-founder of the C packaging supply company, Lumi. And he was saying that factories now are accelerating a trend that they were going towards, but it's been accelerated in the pace of, you know, a couple weeks. They're moving online instead of going like, you know, door to door or whatever to do packaging supply calls to customers and stuff. How is the fashion industry doing that as well? Because this is exactly the space that you work in.
2: The trends will be very similar as what they're experiencing. I think from the manufacturing side, they've been looking to explore new technology. A lot, lots of factories are already super high tech, but I think in terms of finding new business and the whole sampling process, if finding new business is very traditional. You, know, you go to trade shows or brands come and visit you, that's just not going to be able to happen. So these kind of digital supply networks are, are really quite an important part of the digitalization of the supply chain. And that's something that we offer in companies like Lumi. So I'd say from a starting point, is how you find new business is going to totally change the sampling of products um, at the moment obviously a lot of factories are shut and creating samples is, is not possible unless your factories open so we're seeing an increasing interest from factories we're working with and also brands we're working with in exploring 3d sampling softwares and things like that so they can get further down the line without actually needing a physical sample it really is accelerating trends you know we were having these conversations we had an event in february with depop and farfetch to launch our new platform and in that we were talking about the need for the industry to digitalise and for all these processes that are so manual, everyone's using Excel, it's really old school, it's very informal. And literally in the space of six weeks, you know, these conversations of these, kind of often we were talking about things that we probably didn't imagine happening for a few years or for it to be slow at least. And it's, it's happened overnight. And we were really surprised to see our inquiries in our platform increase by 400% in the space of two weeks. You know, there was a dip off, obviously, everyone was trying to sort out their new working arrangement. But I think everyone is through necessity digitalizing because actually need is a much faster driver of change than, than just, oh, that's a nice thing to explore. Why don't we try that? It's never going to happen fast enough. So yeah, it's really interesting to see.
0: Yeah, really interesting. The mood board tool that you guys launched is really fascinating as well. Could you just share a bit about that and why you did that? Yeah, that was quite a crazy um,
2: feat from our tech team actually. So we, as soon as lockdown happened, we thought, we saw the the need for teams to still kind of continue to design future collections. They maybe weren't starting sampling, but there was this need to be collaborating wherever they were working in the world. And suddenly teams were splintered and the fashion design process is incredibly tactile and iterative and collaborative. You know, we saw that this wasn't gonna be happening in person for a large chunk of time. So in two weeks, we designed a brief, kind of did lots of mock-ups, tested, built, and launched our mood board tool, which has been really interesting to see the way the fashion, a lot of fashion brands build, boards as they collect lots of ideas from all over the place from pinterest instagram and it's it lives on their laptop and that's fine if you're sitting in an office and you can browse through and go and look through things together but if actually you're collaborating in your bedroom and someone else is in their bedroom somewhere else in the world how are you commenting and saying oh i love this thing here love that love that so really it was brought about because we saw that we needed to start earlier on in the design process from a technology perspective because before that we were starting when you knew what you wanted to design for the season so we've just kind of gone earlier.
0: Is it just for fashion or is it for any kind of industry?
2: Our focus is fashion and homewares, but we've had factories actually building them material mood boards on there and things like that. So really, I mean, anyone who wants to build a mood board is free to sign up and you can get using it. So it's open to anyone. I mean, a mood board's a mood board really, isn't it?
0: <laughs> and the just the trajectory of, of Supply Compass right now, perhaps finally, I mean, you guys seem to be on a pretty... Steady footing. I mean, these are accelerating trends that you are deeply involved in right now, and kind of, I assume you'll be able to take advantage of and you know ride to success in in the coming years, right?
2: I think it's not easy. I think something that we has always been really important to us is that to build. Technology to build a software, a platform or an ecosystem that is working for our brands as much as our factories. And so I think for us, our focus really now is on building out the software for our factories um, and they will need it more than ever when they come out of lockdown. They will have lost business overnight. Brands they're working with may have gone under. So the need for them to reach and to work effectively and get set up with new brands and new orders as fast as possible. I think everything that's happened over the last six weeks has given us laser focus. Focus on what's really important. Um, the sustainability element will always be there. But I think that bringing everyone online and making that the central way to manage your supply chain will just be really important for every business to to do really now. It's not, I think what was interesting is like three years ago when we started Supply Compass, we would, we would speak to businesses and they'd be like, yeah, it sounds great. But to be honest, we're kind of fine. This is how we've always worked and we're fine carrying on like this. And that kind of mentality of this is how we've always done it just doesn't work anymore because what's happened in the past is absolutely not going to help us navigate out of everything that's happening right now so experimentation and trialing out new and being open to new tools is really really important
0: and that's it for today's show if you like this episode make sure to subscribe rate and review it on apple podcasts and sign up to courier weekly our email newsletter for more stories of pivoting and adapting just head to couriermedia.co slash sign up I'm Daniel Giacopelli, The Courier Daily's back again on Thursday.